become who we want to be as individuals. And at the end of the day, that's going to help us be a successful offense. And the man, one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. Jordan Love hit me up the night of the draft. You know, just congratulating me, let me know it's time to work. Um, AJ Dillon was open arms. Von Rock caught a ball with his thighs. We didn't yeah. talk about that. It was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching touchdown untied. Like, KP does like these flips after every win. And I'm like just waiting for him to do his flip. You know that we still love each other? That's what football brings us. Across the safety space. You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Welcome to the Practice Squad Podcast. We are wrapping up week five. The San Francisco 49ers sit promptly on top of the NFL. Undisputed as of this uh, moment in time. Um, And I think we're feeling pretty good about... finally at this point like what team's kind of good what team's kind of bad what teams have problem areas they really need to address um mark how are you doing and how are you feeling i I gotta give you a shout out you uh are on fire with your picks right now for for best bets so some could say i know ball some would disagree the opinion is for yours to decide out there but uh uh, I'm feeling pretty good um i'm seeing the board well what we said at the end of last week's episode john we love the board we literally almost like got you know horned up over the board if we're being honest. It was it was um, a good board and a lot of exciting matchups. Great board. And, and I think um I think a lot of the matchups, with the exception of that Dallas 49ers game, kind of went how right. they wanted. You know, right. exciting stuff, good revenge games. But um, you know, we'll we'll get into the actual matchups. I'm sure we have plenty of thoughts about that yeah. game in particular, um, amongst others. Um the first John, thing one, we thing, wanna... one, one thing too before you get into the yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say you you shout out the 49ers, right? You gave mm-hmm. them their shout out. They're the best team in the league. But there's plenty of dispute, which we'll get into as a sneak peek, of who's the bottom of this league because there is much more debate there than who's at the top. Yeah, and uh I'll unveil it in a little bit, but um, you know, we, we were putting Caleb Williams on the intended uh tank bowl um matchup of the week. Um, and now I've added Caleb Williams in a tank with a, with a little military helmet on too, just to, just to add to that vibe. Um, because there, there are three or four teams, maybe five that could be in the running for, for tanking for Caleb. So, um, we didn't think of a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's new. Like there's literally more teams each week that are entering into this. Like, Hey, we're really, really bad. Usually it's less, right? Usually as the weeks go on, you go, okay, like here's the, the, you know, three teams that are really bad. And then, you know, yeah. by week 15, 16, it's like, okay. And, and this year it feels like it's, it's inflating. There's like more teams that are just absolutely saying, uh, all right, shit, never mind on the season. I guess, I guess we'll start looking forward to next one. Um, but speaking of tanking, I think we just need to talk about, um, I guess the coaching equivalent of tanking. Uh, really, this is, this is worse than that. Um, this is what I think, Mark and I would consider the worst coaching mistake for anybody that is getting paid to do coaching as a job that Mark and I have ever seen in our lives. Um, and, uh, and when we posted about that, a lot of people kept mentioning for some reason, you know, the Pete Carroll decision in the Super Bowl to, to pass it instead of run it. Guys, I, I need you to understand this. That still requires you to execute and run a play properly. You can disagree with the play call all you want. I think Mark and I definitely disagree with not handing it off to Marshawn in that particular play. Um, but Miami just needed to take a knee. That's all that needed to happen. 
the clock would have ran out and they would have been shaking hands uh, with, with a W in this game. And instead they run it. And when they run it, they fumble the ball. And then they allow Georgia Tech to go about 70-something yards in three plays. And so for those who have not seen this, I was actually, uh, I was at Motor City Casino. Um, Hannah was playing a, a gig for a work party there. And so, you know, it was a fun night for me. I got to listen to her play music and watch some football. And I go into like the, the FanDuel Sportsbook area or whatever they call it. I think I might have to refresh this real quick. And this is what I see on the screen, basically, is this last play um, about to happen. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I, I could not understand. I was like, is there a reason they're running this? And sure enough, they fumble it and rest is history. Mark, what is your take on this? Well, if you follow us on TikTok or any of our shorts, you've seen my take. I was pretty fired up about this uh, as a coach myself and as someone who played the game forever i i can't even begin to understand this decision if you are out there saying that this is on miami's players the running back for fumbling some some people were saying it's on the quarterback for not understanding he just needs to take a knee listen this was a play call this was a play decision by the coach you do not as a player ever get to override your coach he said to hand the ball off that's what the quarterback's gonna do the running back's going to run the ball and try to get yards. That's what he was told to do in that moment. Why he was told to do that, I have no idea. Zero idea. The game's over. Georgia Tech can't stop the clock. You catch the snap, you take a knee, and it's literally as good as done. The game is literally won at that point. You decide to run the ball, what, for style points, for bonus yards? I, I don't really know, just to, just to rub it in the other coach's face. I have no idea. But you cost your team a game. And Miami, let's keep in mind, was undefeated at this moment. They were undefeated. They would probably be a top 10 team entering this week had they finished that game the way that they should have. And that's just by taking a knee in the victory formation. That's why they call it victory. It's because you've already won. And uh, there's just no explanation. The coach should be fired. It's, it is it is by far the worst thing I've ever seen. You can you could talk about high school, college, NFL football. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. That game was done. It was over. It was won. Miami was celebrating. It was over. And because of that arrogant, ignorant decision by Mario Cristobal, which, by the way, he's done something similar at Oregon when he was there a few years back, which I talked about and showed in our TikTok, if you want to go check that out. Um, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. It's infuriating if you're a player. I actually feel bad for those players. Um, it, it's embarrassing to to see any coach make a, 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 of a decision that costs the game like that. You wonder, honestly, if he has, you know, alternative motives, like almost like he bet against his own team. Like it, it was it's that fishy because yeah, it's, it's egregious and and i felt bad because as you were saying like that running back was on the sideline like like beside himself um and it's not his it's fault like, i was about to say he's not the one to Should blame never man. been in that situation ever i mean you saw the clip of the lineman saying what the f are we doing yeah and it's like yeah no no shit like what are you doing like what what why did we run a play it doesn't it it there is no explanation to it john it, it's it is terrible it's horrible yeah, I'm curious. Like, has he like said? I don't. I didn't watch like the the post game press conference. If there was one, like, has he tried he, to explain what his line of thinking he was? He tried like, to like. Someone asked him basically. A, a reporter asked him pretty much flat out why he didn't take a knee, and he gave some roundabout answer as to why you know because there was a minute twenty six seconds left, and we need you know we need to get a first down to really you know finish the game. Blah blah blah. And then it's like, yeah, okay, but like, why didn't you take a knee on the third down? And he says something along the lines of, you know, yeah, we, we should have taken a knee. 
So he, eventually he gets to that that statement of acknowledging <laughs> that he should have taken a knee, but he was just like talking and just going on and on about the drive before that decision to like, to not take a knee. It's like, dude, the game was already won. You already did that drive. You already did what you needed to do to get the clock low enough. There were no timeouts left. You literally just had to catch the ball and sit on the ground. Like it couldn't have been any easier. It's, it's mind blowing. It's so crazy. Um, and that, that coach has lost the trust, man. There, there's no recovering from that. The players can never trust you as a head coach after something like that. You, no, there is no, there's no reason to even bring. He should be fired. We shouldn't even be talking about. That. He should have been fired. All right. Somehow, somehow, he might have been the only person in the entire stadium that didn't know that you know he was making the wrong call there. <laughs> like I, I had like, no idea why. I, he would. I'm pretty sure even the dude that's like shit face in the nosebleeds of that game was aware that they should have been taking a knee. I just don't understand how the head coach of that of a division one football program didn't recognize there's X amount of time on the clock. I get X amount of time on the play clock. It's, I, there, there's literally I, no explanation. It, it's I have no answer. I can't. Anyways, I, couldn't, I, I just. Oh man, that was that was one of the crazier. Just listening to everybody's reactions in the casino too. It's like what? The, like there was somebody that clearly bet Dude, on that game. Yeah, that well, was so, like what? The yeah, there was someone that missed right a big now. parlay because of that. And it's karma. The fact that Georgia Tech drove the field like that and scored the way they did—that's total karma. Like once no, once totally. that happened, it was like oh shit, here we go. Like right. Georgia Georgia Tech should not have been able to score. I mean, there was twenty seconds left. They had to go seventy yards uh, with no timeouts, and they did. Like, and they score on the last play of the game. Like, of course, like that's what happens when you make a historically bad decision. You deserve to get punished for it and embarrassed for it. And that's exactly what happened. The football gods put him where he deserved to be <laughs> after that decision. You want to run up the score. You want to be an ass. You want to do whatever his purpose was. He got exposed. Yeah. Um, no, the football gods show absolutely no mercy. I think uh, if, if the season has taught us one thing, it's that. So, um, are you ready to hop into recapping the NFL games for the week? Read it. Damn straight counsel? I am. Let's go. Let's go. Damn straight All right. I am. So first things first, Mark and I, along with probably the rest of the United States, uh, picked the commanders to win this game. Obviously, that blew up in our faces. And our pushback is that we didn't know Dick Buckus was going to die that day. That and is totally that, asterisk next to that pick by both of us. Speaking of football gods, that changes everything, right? And sure enough, the Bears came out and looked like they were the Buffalo Bills or something like that. Number Offense one rule on in sports betting. Number one rule, okay? If there is any sort of death <laughs> to someone important to that team, whether it's a player's family member, whether it's a kid, whether it's a parent, grandparent, whether it's a legend like Dick, Buck Dick Buckus is for Chicago, all bets are off. We made that pick, and neither of us had it in our best bets, so we're safe there. But we Actually, made that pick. It's right there. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I that should it. not count. There's an asterisk next to that one. Because you did not know that Buckus was going to die. Okay? He died the day of the game, too. Which I mean, there's the, once that happened, I tweeted it before the game. I said, my pick is, <laughs> we take is, it back. We, said, take, it we back. take it back. I literally said it before the game started. And yep. so kind of. It is what it is, but you now, can never, ever bet against that. Is removing Chase Claypool the reason why the offense was gelling better, or did somebody on the coaching staff wake up? I'm struggling to make sense of this because the commanders, uh, now they could win, win or lose this game, sure. Like, I'm not saying that the commanders should have just 
outright, no matter what the situation was, beat Chicago. I am saying that um, Chicago scoring as many points as they did in a short of amount of time as they did with their offense being that productive, I was not ready for that at all. Against Denver, it didn't surprise me as much because Denver's defense has been historically bad. They're literally last in the league in every single major defensive statistic that you can imagine. Um, but, you know, commanders are a decent team. Like, they're a mid-tier team. So this was just shocking to me. Um, I, I don't know if it was the connection with Justin Fields and his receivers. I don't know if he had more time. I can't explain it. But um, other than the fact that, of course, Dick Buck is dying, uh, just completely changed the way this team plays football for a game. I'm not sure. I, John, it, it, on Thursday night, obviously the Dick Puckus blessing was part of that, but he wasn't dead yet the week prior and their offense looked good. So, you know, like you said, I don't have a full explanation. I just think that Justin Fields is, they're letting him loose a little bit more. Uh, they're letting him throw it around. They're letting him just be who he is. And it's less of a robotic mechanical movements and reads and just letting him be a playmaker, which is what he is. And I mean, Tell you what, dude, some of the throws he made are some of the best we've seen so far this year. I mean, he's in the I'll no, I'm gonna give it away. He's in the aliens of the week this week. So you want to go watch that video? He is one of the aliens of the week this week for his performance in that game. And a few of his throws in that game were special. And DJ Moore has been special, and Mooney is a special weapon. And they they just are starting to come together a little bit. You know, the defense has played a little bit better. I don't know. It's you know it's it's crazy to think about um and honestly like I think we can kind of confidently say after this week that the Bears aren't the worst team in the NFL potentially and unfortunately the team that is most likely to be the worst in the NFL uh is not even going to get a first round pick a high first round pick as a result of of failing that badly because I think that team is the Panthers and that pick belongs to the Bears so um, I don't know if the Bears coaching staff is safe still, um, or their management, but one thing that I do know is that, um, they have a lot of draft capital to work with and it could really work to their benefit, um, next year. So, um, all right, Mark, you called this one perfectly. Jaguars basically, you know, turned London into their home fields for being there for three weeks. They're comfortable. They're in a flow. Uh, bills show up and they just don't look right. Um, I guess, you know, traveling overseas, obviously kind of, kind of take a toll on players. They're kind of in a funk, you know, the schedule's not the same. And all of a sudden, uh, they look like shit that entire game. Um, me and Drew were texting. This is going to make a lot of people upset, but I basically saying that Josh Allen looks like Taysom Hill with a good arm in this game. And, <laughs> I, I know you that slander. you can't slander Josh I, you like that dude the problem is dude is he's a great quarterback and the Bills are a great team they are never going to do anything if there are games where Josh Allen looks the way that he did this game it's reckless uh it, they're not taking care of the ball um they just they sputter out randomly throughout the season. And I get that people have bad games, but the problem is, is that like their bad games cost them, costs them seating. It costs them playoff games. I, I don't know what you want to compare it to. It's, it's problematic. And again, I get, you know, Jags are comfortable in London. Bills are not. So you can add that into it, but uh, they, the situation is the situation and they still were not playing good football whatsoever. 
you can't keep switching up on Josh Allen. Okay. Only I get to do that. Josh Allen last week had more touchdowns and incompletions against the Dolphins, who you said might be the best football team we've seen ever. Best okay. offense, first of whatever. all. Whatever. Best okay. offense. Were, that, whatever. Same. Josh Allen wasn't playing against Miami's offense. He was playing. Well, against he made defense. Miami's offense look like a JV offense. He he week. did not do that either. He did not play against Miami's offense. He but his offense defense. made the other offense look like a JV offense. So again. Okay. I blame this game on exactly what I said would happen. Not not Josh Allen being bad, not the Bills being bad. They're still one of the best teams in the AFC. But when you have a team that's across the pond and has been there double the length and the Bills have to travel there and then play a 930 kickoff game where they're not adjusted to the time change, they're not adjusted to the travel, they're not they have all the distractions in the world because they're over in London. Like it, the every advantage in the world was to Jacksonville. And that's exactly what happened. That's all this was. Don't overthink it. This was a total trap game. We said it last week, and that's exactly what happened. They fell into the trap. The Jags are a good football team. They played better than the Bills. They were more prepared than the Bills, and that's what happens. And I, I, look, I'm I'm defending the fact that you're saying I can't switch up because my case has been very consistent, which is the fact that Josh Allen is inconsistent. So, yes, I can definitely give him his flowers for when he blows out a team. And I can also say, but you hey, didn't give him flowers last week. I didn't not. They, mm-hmm. they, they, the Bills either look like a juggernaut and they look like a team that cannot be stopped by anything or anyone, or they look like they have no clue how to run an offense and there's no in between. Like it, and it's, it's again, it's a habit at this point. It's not just this season. This has been an issue with the Bills for three seasons now. And so that's all I have to say about it. Um, And look, if they up their ball security and they get a little bit more of an established run game going without Josh Allen being the running back, things probably will change pretty quickly. But as long as they're having stupid turnovers and they look sloppy in certain situations, they're going to continue to run into these issues and be a very inconsistent team. And they're going to get taken advantage of in critical moments if that's the case. So um, that's all I got to say about it. Um, speaking of the best offense on turf, I was actually surprised how close uh, this next game. Is that the right score? Was it 1921? Mm. That doesn't sound right. No, I think it was more. I think they won by more. Yeah. No, it was well, 16 to 31. I'm not sure how that happened. My bad, everybody. Um, like no rhyme or reason my- to that. Um, the uh, Devin Achan, a- um, it's unfortunate he's probably going to be out for the next week or two with a knee injury. Uh, looked incredible this game. Um, I don't even know how many yards he rushed for. I just know over a hundred. He looked uh, so fast. Do you know, John? Fun fact, uh, and this is probably one of the craziest facts so far of the year. Uh, on his whatever sixty-some yard touchdown run. He was recorded at, he was clocked at the fastest miles per hour of any player so far this season, only to be broken a few series later by his teammate Tyreek Hill in the same game. That's when you know, like, when you have a receiver and a running back going back and forth between getting clocked at the highest miles per hour of anybody in the NFL all season long, and you have it happen within, I don't know, eight, 10 plays of each other, like, that's, that's a cheat code. I mean, that's a cheat code. That's kind of hard to stop. That's pretty difficult when you also have an offensive mastermind calling your offense with all these shift in motions on almost 85% of the time. And 
you're running simple plays, but you're getting to them in so many different ways. And then when you hit that play, you have a guy running 22 miles per hour. I mean, do you know how fast that is? Have you ever seen, if you're, if you've ever watched the office, you've seen Michael Scott when he, when they're running past the speedometer thing that cops use to show you if you're going over the speed limit and he goes in the car, the car drives past and he gets like a 25 and he goes, top speed top speed and, and there's like that was the car and he goes nope beat it top speed that's actually how fast these guys are running they're running 22 miles an hour it's ridiculous that's insane that is a car i mean that's a and if you're driving around in a neighborhood with kids playing you have to stay under 25 miles an hour that's how fast they're running they'd be it's- dangerous in a neighborhood if they're <laughs> running around that's how fast they are i mean it's seriously. crazy and no it's it's absolutely nuts um like the fact that the human body can achieve that with football pads Dude. on carrying something. I mean, they is, call is them cheetah for a reason. But right. I mean, but it's ridiculous because who the hell is this A chain guy? Like, where did he even I mean he's a rookie? Yeah, and, and Waddle's no slouch either with his no, speed. No, Waddle's and, been probably I think Waddle's in the top. Yeah, yeah, Waddle's in the top ten highest uh clocked and miles per hour. Like they are, and so is Mostert. I think they also, have four, I think they have four of the top. I don't even know seven or eight fastest clocked miles per hour so far this year on the same yeah. offensive team. No, like that they, is... they were all of the top six at one point, And now you're saying they, um, a Chan and reek added to that. So now they are eight of the top eight. I mean, fastest. probably. I, yeah. I and mean, it's, it's actually insane how you get all those guys on the same offense. I, I don't mean, know. I don't know. I'm if not really sure was, how that even happens. I, exactly. I, I don't know if that was like deliberate and intentional. Is just hey, we're just gonna be so fast that nobody can catch us. Um, but that that's how the team got built, and it's ridiculous. Um, by the way, they currently are outpacing uh, the greatest show on turf. Um, yeah, as far and as the most their... yards through most yards through five games in NFL history. Correct. So, I mean, Mike McDaniel's response to that, by the way, was, was very funny. <laughs> yeah, he went, he again, went, oh, you know, season achieved. That's care, exactly man. what we were going he, for. <laughs> he's, they, they win football games. He's happy. That's what matters. He's just, he is a offensive juggernaut. Like he's one of the smartest offensive minds that there is. And they continue to show it every single week. And I think, you know, I don't know. They're, they're always going to be a threat in the AFC with an offense like that. Cause they'll stay in just about every game. Yeah, it's it's insane. Um, now we got the Panthers at the Lions, and out of all the takes that I heard about this game, I, I like the uh, Big Cats. I'm part of my takes the best, where he said, "Hey, I put just as much weight as a good team taking care of business against a bad team and blowing them out as I do, you know, a, a good team going to another good team, you know, stadium and an away game and and winning the game." which the Lions have done a good chunk of both so far this season. Um, and look, the Panthers are not a good team. I understand that. The point is, is that the Lions dominated in all three phases of the game. And 24 to 42 is honestly kind of a misleading score because the touchdowns came in garbage time where the Lions were basically resting their starters. Um, it probably should have been like 42 to seven um, if we're, if we're really doing starters against starters for this game. So they looked phenomenal. Um, it has me pretty hyped up going into next week against Tampa, who's a damn good team at their stadium. So another good test for this team. Uh, allows some of our guys to get healthier. Um, and Ben Johnson, man, like I, there were two or three different plays this um, this game where I'm like, I've never seen anybody do anything like that before. Um, and 
it just looks so natural with this team. And I don't know how extensive their playbook is at this point, but I feel like we see two or three plays where we're like, I've never seen that before um, out of this team every single week. And it's, it's really a treat to watch. Um, and the run game being as insane as it is, man, Aiden Hutchinson, like somebody said, if I speak, I'm in big trouble, but like Aiden Hutchinson right now, 12 solo tackles, four and a half sacks, one forced fumble, one interception on the uh, on the uh, season. Bosa with seven solo tackles, tackles one and a half sacks. Mark, you said that Aiden Hutchinson needed to be comparable to a Bosa in order for this second pick to be worth it. I, I think that he's he's absolutely living up to that standard. Uh, his awareness is incredible. The way that he sees the field is incredible. And they just let him go out there and be an athlete, and he makes plays. It's it's awesome to watch. So he's, that's he's my getting spiel. closer and closer, and yeah, your spiel's uh, spot on. I was I was uh, very blessed to be at this game, um, surrounded by a great game day environment. Um, repping our new merch, by the way, and got some compliments on that. Um, Eminem was in the house, which was pretty sick. They did like, they do like a celebrity cam and you don't know who it's going to be. We knew like pre-game, we knew at Devin Booker and, and some guys like that were in the stadium. We're like, oh, they're probably just going to show someone like that. And then they showed Eminem and the place went nuts. I mean, that guy has a grasp on Detroit. Like nobody, I mean, he owns this city. Like he is Detroit. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you said, Hey, name one person from Detroit. Most people are going to say Eminem right off the rip. Um, yeah. but the lions dominated this game from, from beginning to end. I mean, there was you always look over your shoulder as a Lions fan, right? If you're ever in a race and you're crushing everybody, most people never have to look back. But if you're a Lions fan, you're looking back. Why? Because time and time again, we have had our hearts ripped out from behind because we have a lead, we have a good season going, we have a couple good draft picks, and then we're like, wait, we're going to blow this somehow. And time and time again so far this year, we have not. We have finished games, we have finished drives, we do what we have to do, and it is a refreshing new thing to be a Lions fan in this era and this kind of this kind of culture. Um, and people are starting to notice. I mean, they're they're a top five team in the NFL. They're a top three, you could argue, top two team in the NFC right now. And there is nothing weird about saying that. There is no there is no one that can possibly argue that they're a top five NFL team or a top three NFC team. Yeah. And that is special. And there was a lot of talk about that before the season. A lot of people said it might be hype. Uh, eventually hype becomes reality. And sometimes hype becomes, you know, not reality. But in this case, it's real. I mean, yeah. it is as real as it gets. And they are definitely a contending team. And it is exciting. And I think that they continue. I mean, they're doing this with a banged up roster. You talk Very about like what you said, Big Cat's point. He's spot on. How you beat the bad teams is just as important as how you rise up in big games. Anybody can rise up and get excited for a big game. But to impose your will on a team you know that you're superior to is a whole different thing. They did it without Amon Ra, okay, with JMO not playing well which by the way, JMO may be a bust. I'm just going to put that out there. He continues to fail in big moments. I know it's still early, but it's concerning me. Uh, talk um, no to me Amon at the Ra. end of the season. Like I said, yeah. that's where no I'm Jameer Gibbs. Up. No Jameer Gibbs in this game. No Gibbs. Mostly goes down in the game. Um, uh, horrible Hutchinson, for him, by the Hutchinson way. Hutchinson missed some of the game. He was definitely banged up after getting tackled after his pick. He was not the same yeah. after that. It's, you know, we're Brian Branch didn't play. Like we are a shell of what we are supposed to be. And we're still dominating. And I get the Panthers are bad, but we're still dominating another NFL team. And 
that's all you need to say about Detroit. I don't know the last time it's been like that. We joked the spread was nine and a half in this game, and we joked about it. Um, but it's it's reasonable, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's the crazy thing is like you know we we posted on our Twitter before this game like, hey, you know, Lions in a perfect world can cover the spread, but you know, be careful because of the fact that um there's so many injuries, right? Like this might not be as big of a blowout as we're expecting it to be. And it, the injuries didn't matter at all. Did like not, not, even, not even a little Next bit. guy up. Yep. They reloaded. Um, no, they're really, really excited. Showing everybody is just, uh, you know, reverse flea flicker to Iowa tight end. Um, is the name of this play. Actually, it's written. It's copycat league. Later that night. San Fran runs it. Um, Great minds think alike. I mean, seriously, like uh, that, you know, they say like it's a compliment when somebody like covers your song, right? If you're like a big musician and some other musician covers your song, it's a compliment. Ben Johnson has to feel like like Shanahan just covered his song there. Like that has to feel so cool. Seeing one of the best offensive play callers in the league decide, yeah, I'm going to use that for tonight's game. John, I hate to burst your rubble too, but that play has been run plenty of times before uh that day very very odd that the 49ers just so <laughs> happened to run it later he definitely probably saw ben johnson do it but michigan ran that a couple weeks ago yeah michigan made um, a post about it which i think yeah is i mean it, it, that's that's not a new play but it's just it's the awareness to call it when he called it right it was off of a turnover nobody was expecting it i actually looked well no when i say nobody i actually looked at johnny and and the girls we were sitting with at the game and i was like hey trick play coming and trick play i mean you've been at a lions game with me john there's times where i just kind of have you, a, feel you for have what... a good feel for what's going on for sure by the way my, my only question too is uh was it like like metrics louder than what you're used to in this dude the, like, the it was always at a uh it was always over 100 on the uh decibel count and they kept showing it over and over and over um i think the highest i saw it get to was like 115 um you know every every child had to have uh, noise canceling head headphones over their ears. Like that's how loud it was. It, it was hard to hear people directly next to you at, at big moments. Everybody, every single third down, everyone's standing. No one, if you were able to stand, you were standing on every single third down. And anytime the Panthers were backed up close to their own end zone, everybody's standing up like deafening. And it affected, it affected Bryce Young and and the Panthers, no doubt that about sh- it. That shit should have been a safety, by the way, because I think that oh, was intentional grounding. There was not a receiver. Yeah, I just don't think he was. Yet. He wasn't in the end zone when he threw it. I gotcha. would agree with you. Okay. He was on the one yard line. Um, but yeah, listen. Here's the thing: the Lions are probably going to get a home playoff game if they continue to uh, win the way they are. I mean, they have a pretty comfortable cushion in this division right now, and that's a tough. That's going to be a tough place for anyone to come play. In a play, yeah. in a first playoff game since that what ninety three, will be rocking if, rocking if they have a home playoff game. Yeah. Um. And the other crazy thing too is, I mean, we've seen with Green Bay and KC that Lions fans are traveling scary well at this point. Yeah. Um. So, you know, in the off chance that they don't end up with a home playoff game, but they are very comfortably leading the division at this point. Um. I'm feeling pretty good about our prospects and wherever we have to go. If we win that home playoff game, I'm feeling comfortable about, you know, where we have to go after that. So uh, really exciting stuff uh, if you're a Lions fan. Now, this game, I feel personally horrible for Lamar Jackson because 
Um, it was Drop City. And I know, Mark, you might have a different take on this game. But to me, uh, watching it, I just saw receivers. I, I think there was seven or eight drops that were recorded by the receivers in this game. And they were well-placed balls, too. Like, it wasn't like, you know, they were reaching for something and it, it you know, popped off their fingertips. And that was, it was, you know, right here. Um, TJ Watt, like, I think it was Zay Flowers. Like, he basically punched him in the throat because he dropped the ball. T, you know, TJ instinctually goes to punch the ball out and try to get a fumble. He just punches the dude right in the face. It was pretty funny. I I, I need to try to pull up a clip, but um, if you, yeah, you no, want to go, go I do that. I actually agree with you here, John. You know, I am not a fan of Lamar Jackson. I will take every opportunity I can to um, make that point clear. This was not on him. This was not on him. I, as a former receiver, it makes me sick to my stomach seeing a game with seven or eight drops that are, and it's not like these were tough catches. Like these are, yeah, this is the, this is <laughs> TJ punching him in the face basically, but he drops this ball before he gets hit. Right. Like that, that's a clear, easy pitching catch. You're in the NFL. You get paid millions of dollars to do this. There's no reason this should happen more than once a game, let alone seven or eight times. And eventually it starts to affect the quarterback and his trust and his relationship with these guys and the connection he has with these guys. Um, I will say this, for whatever reason, the Ravens and the Steelers are, no matter what the spread is, no matter who they have on the team, no matter how bad one, one team is or the other team is on a certain year, these games are always close. They're always hard fought. They're always defensive. Dare I say this is the best rivalry rivalry in the NFL? It's it's always a good I, one. I, I think um, it. I don't know if you can make an argument that there's a better one because this this has been a good rivalry our entire lifetime, John. And even on years like this year where the Steelers are shitty, and most people would agree to that, this this was a tough fought game and always will be. Yeah. Um. Also, Mark, who leads the AFC North now? Trivia question. I think the Steelers do. The Steelers do. Who would have saw that coming? That and we said that this division was going to be an up and down bloodbath. I, I don't know if the Steelers are going to end the season leading this division. It's crazy. I think at one point Baltimore led it, at one point the Browns led it, and now the Steelers. So we've had you know five weeks in, we've just had the whoever's dominating this division kind of flip week in and week yeah. out. Um, it's it's wild, and I'm sure again it's probably going to continue to to be that way. Um, for the weeks ahead. It's just a bloodbath of a division. Bengals, which we'll get to, are looking a little bit better, so they could start creeping up. Who knows? Um, Definitely wild. Um, Texans at Falcons. uh, And, you know, Stroud continues to play really well, but this just, you know, wasn't the Texans game to win. Uh, Falcons were the better team here. Um, They were able to get a little bit more offense going. Uh, You know, Bijan had another great game. Um, I... Why is it always is it always the Falcons that get that like highlight slow motion following um, who the ball carrier is thing? Because it is like I want to see that for other teams, but I'm only seeing it for Falcons plays. Is I it think other teams team? do it. I think other okay. teams do it as well. But yeah, they're just posting Bijan because he's a he's an alien. I mean, he's literally he was abducted as a child and he was dropped back off down here. Uh, he's he's not from this from Earth. There's no way. Um, I can't believe honestly how quickly he's he's coming to his own and he's dominating the league, making people look silly every single week. I mean, I can't put him in the aliens of the week more. I already put him in there twice. I I te- I was tempted to do it this week and he barely was cut short. But if I added one more clip, it was probably going to be him. So it's 
it's tough. He's an incredible player. They got just enough done. Um, it's funny too. Look how you know accurate gambling predictions are. I mean, the spread was two. They went twenty-one to nineteen. It's scary how good you know Vegas is. But um, this was this was a close game. C.J. Stroud continues to prove he's probably the best quarterback in the class. It's another solid week out of him and the Texans. And I'm not writing the Texas off, Texans off yet. I, I can't do it. I think they're team. actually. Yeah, I, I really do still think they're flirting with that division and, and, and you know, they'll definitely compete with the Jags and that division. But the Falcons are also not a team I'm going to I'm not going to write them off yet. And I don't believe in does. I still want to see Heineke because I think this team goes from flirting with all these close games and barely surviving to like winning these games and like with a, some actual demanding fashion with Taylor Heineke at the helm. So I want to see that. I want to see Ritter benched. I want to see Heineke and what he can do. Not because I hate Ritter. I just think Heineke is a spark and he's a passion player and he's going to get the most out of this team that clearly is hungry because they're winning these close, hard-fought games. Yeah, man. Um, and and I think a lot of people can make comments about you know how their weapons are being utilized. By the way, they just traded for uh, Van Jefferson today, so adding another receiver that, you know, is probably going to get three targets a game to their roster, just like uh, their their first round Drake London and first round tight end and Kyle Pitts. So, by the way, Sam Laporta um, now with just as many career touchdowns as Kyle Pitts five games into the season. So talk about, I, I don't know if it's Pitt's fault. I just know that that is some underutilization, to say the least, regardless of, of Pitt's talent level. So, um, Which you but- and I called in the draft previews this year, by the way, Sam oh, Laporta. Yeah. Again, if you don't think we know ball, we kind of do at this point. There's not much. I mean, we've had some really, really horrendously bad takes. That's going to happen. I mean, all we do is make takes on this on this podcast. But goddamn, we're right most of the time. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're just you know throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. You know, if you you get up here and know, talk for, for two hours. <laughs> um, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm proud of our fantasy content, but in one of my my work league of all leagues, where I thought I'd just mop people. Um, I have the most points against in the entire league, and I have one win because of that. And my roster is pretty much exactly the same as another league in which I'm undefeated. So I don't like just no rhyme or reason. Just everybody showing up to play. It's fantasy football, John. It's hey, the Patriots against your Saints are dead. They are the Patriots. The Patriots are you. You could make an argument right now that the Patriots are the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, you could. You could. You could. You could. They their got offense shut out. is non-existent. They got shut out at home. At home. At home. And last week they lost thirty-eight to three. Yeah, uh, they they topped their their worst loss of all time last week with a new worst worst loss of all time against a team in which I have been complaining since the start of the season. Can't figure out how to get their players to mesh offensively, and look. It's tough because Patriots defense is usually pretty good. So I want to get kind of excited on that aspect, but I also can't get too excited. I think like literally the Patriots are just dead and and the the Saints put up 34 points because the Patriots are dead. Mac Jones sucks. He is is a bad quarterback. He's regressed so much since his rookie season. I don't understand it. So, yeah. And I think part of that is on the stubborn nature of Bill Belichick and his refusal to bring people in that are actually going to develop and help call a decent offense. Um, Here's my thing. Bill Belichick considered probably the best coach of all time. Are we just seeing it more and more? 
um, that Bill Belichick was never, ever the reason behind their success in that dynasty. And then it was Tom Brady. Like, are we just seeing Tom Brady's legend grow as he's retired and as the Patriots do worse and worse without him? Or like, what are, what are we seeing here? Like is Belichick just continuing to get pushed further, further down on the respect, on the respect tree, on the legendary tree. And Brady keeps going up, even though he's not playing anymore. Like, what are we seeing here? Is this, is this what this is? Or I don't know. It's, I think there is right management. We're, we're seeing this with the teams that are good right now. And we're seeing this in a different parallel that I'll get to. Management, coaching, and quarterback all need to be walking basically in lockstep with one another in order for an NFL team to have sustained success, right? You look at Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. They are perfect for each other. And you look at, you know, what's kind of starting to develop between Jared Goff you know, Brad Holmes, Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, and how that's starting to turn into, you know, something that that's noteworthy. Um, and then you take a look at, you know, Sean Payton and what he was able to do with Loomis, who, um, you know, did an amazing job drafting for him for all those years and Drew Brees. And so you're seeing Sean Payton absolutely fall flat on his face in Denver in incredibly embarrassing fashion because clearly management him and Russ are not walking lockstep whatsoever. I think actually those three people couldn't be any further apart in their philosophies from drafting, play calling, play style, etc. So long-winded answer to get to the point that no, I don't I think they brought the best out of each other. I think they were a match made in heaven with Tom Brady, you know, basically being somebody that is a team player and is always going to, you know, take coaches orders and all of that stuff. And Bill, who's a grumpy, stubborn old man, worked really well together. But, you know, success only lasts for so long and now it's gone. How much longer until Bill Belichick, you know, is no longer the head coach of the Patriots? Because, OK, great. Super Bowls, legendary. What have you done for me lately? Um, there's no improvement. There's just pure regression. And uh, have you guys talked to people from New England about sports ever? They're assholes. They're, they're, yeah, they're not very patient. They're, they're not going to be patient. God, you, you answered the question without answering the question. I hope you know that. You compare Bill Belichick to Andy Reid. Andy Reid won with McNabb. He won with Michael Vick. He's won games with Alex Smith. And yes, he's won games with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Sean Payton. You compared to Bill Belichick. He won all those games with who at quarterback? Drew Brees. What happens the second he's not coaching Drew Brees? Uh, the Saints sucked. Yeah. They sucked. He sucked when he was still there without Drew Brees. He sucks now with Russell Wilson. Belichick had Brady all of those good years. He has now had, what, three seasons? He's in his third. Is this the third season without Brady? Yeah. Yeah. They've had losing seasons each of those years. They are not the same. Or actually, and it's the fourth. Fourth, yeah, it's yeah. the fourth. You had Cam so Newton for a time. year, and then three years of Mac Jones. Yeah. The difference you just said, Andy Reid won with all these different quarterbacks, right? All these changes, two different franchises. He's a winner, right? Through and through. Bill Belichick's been at the same franchise. He he controls all the pieces. He does what he's got full control over everything that happens. And the second Tom Brady leaves that door and goes to a different team, and Tom Brady left and had success within one year with a different quarterbacks coach in a different system, in a different um, environment, different teammates, different team, different home. And even after the he, Super Bowl, they were a playoff team every year too. Yeah. So 
So yeah. I think it's becoming crystal clear that I think Belichick's a great defensive mind. He's one of the best coaches of all time, but he is not the coach that we once thought he was. He was just elevated to a higher, higher pedestal because of what Tom Brady is. And crazy saying that, but I, I really don't think you can even argue it anymore. He's getting embarrassed in games this year. He, and he had games even in the last few years where the Patriots were embarrassed. Um, yeah, I mean, the, that, that Bills shouldn't playoff happen. game where the Bills basically played a perfect offensive game. They scored on every single drive. Um, no, it's it's really bad. Um, and, you know, like Patriots fans, like I get that you guys are in a depression phase, but let's not forget it. You guys uh, were the, the winningest franchise basically ever in NFL history. It's the best history. dynasty of all time. Yeah. yeah I mean, so you can, you can I, literally... I, I would feel bad, but I don't. Sorry. Like it's it's time for somebody else to, to be a, a consistently – good Super Bowl winning football team um, because you guys had two decades of basically uninterrupted Hall of Fame Super Bowl level play. Um, Titans at Colts. Um, I, I'm shocked that the Colts won this game, frankly, uh, especially with Richardson going down. Richardson's going to be out for a while from what it sounds like. He has a, a four, I'm not a doctor, um, grade three sprain. Sprained AC joint, yeah. So yeah, he's AC for sure. joint on a quarterback, it's tough. There's a, there's, a common, there's there's a common thing here, and I don't know if Colts fans are starting to notice, but Gardner Minshew's kind of the guy. Uh, when Richardson yeah. is not playing, the Colts win football games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can you can say all you want that Richardson looks good and his 360 spike is sweet and badass because it is. Uh, he looks like a freak athlete. He's making some impressive plays, but if you want to win football games, consistency is key. Having the team is key, and there's no doubt about it, Gardner Minshew is doing that. And the Colts are right now a better team when Gardner Minshew is playing quarterback. They win games when he's in. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think they are better this season with um, Gardner Minshew right now. Like, I, I think he's uh, – cool. but here's the they thing. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit it because they're obsessed with him. You know, they're obsessed with Richardson, and they don't want to be wrong about that draft pick. Like the Panthers are probably wrong about Bryce Young up to this point, right? You don't want to be wrong. You don't want to have to admit that. But they are winning more games. They're having more success when Gardner Minshew is taking the snaps. And that is a fact. Whether yeah. you like it or not, I'm no one's rooting for this guy to get hurt. But no, no. When he ain't um, playing quarterback for them. Well, and look, I get I get he's he has a different style of playing quarterback than a lot of guys in the league. But I think everybody really quickly saying, oh, no, he's like, you know, like he's developing. He's what we want him to be. Look, he's a freak athlete. I think his completion percentage is hovering in like the low 50 percents right now. Drew, if you want to want to fact check me on that. I think I saw a stat, though, that his completion percentage is like 53, 54 percent. That doesn't cut it in the NFL. That's something that has to improve. So before everybody declares victory and, and I'm coming to my co-host defense here, too, and, you know, saying he's not a bust and all of this stuff. Look, man. Um Again, not at all rooting for an injury in the slightest. If you have a quarterback that is getting injured on a regular basis, this is his third injury in six weeks, and he's missing some significant time for this one in particular, and his completion percentage is below 60%, in the NFL, that has bus written all over it, regardless of the things that he can do with his legs or some of the throws that he has made um, by just chucking stuff downfield. And, John, and I just think I, that's something you got to be conscious of. Can I ask you about. a question? And we go down the sto a little story, right? Who is who? Who's the 49ers' current quarterback? Uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Um, 
what happened? Who was starting ahead of him and then got injured and then was then traded to Dallas? Uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. So Trey Lance getting hurt gave Brock Purdy the opportunity to come in and show what he can do, correct? Correct. Anthony Richardson getting hurt because he was drafted high. He should have probably never been the starter anyway, but he was named the starter a little bit too, you know, premature. Him getting hurt and giving Gardner Minshew the opportunity to play. Do you see kind of a common trend happening? Get money, Gardner Minshew is just going to pop off is what you're you're. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying because also in his previous years as a backup when he got his opportunities, he played very well and won a lot of football games. So all I'm saying is when you get an opportunity and a guy's an underdog, and he's proving himself every time he gets these opportunities, and those are limited. That's all I'm saying. Brock Purdy would have never gotten a chance if Trey Lance didn't get hurt. Oh, also, I wanted to mention this while we're on the Colts. Um, Jonathan Taylor's holdout worked. Congrats, Jonathan it worked. Taylor. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it, it sometimes. works. Although Zach, although Zach Moss was the guy who had uh, over 150 yards on the day, which he is did, ironic. Yeah. He, he had a bigger day, and everybody was making jokes about that. But just got to say, you know, shout out Jonathan Taylor. Um Bold strategy, I think, given his situation, you know, sometimes a holdout makes sense. Other times it doesn't. I think the odds were frankly stacked against him. And it got really ugly for a minute. Um, Jameer say, you know, saying we're going to be dust in the wind and the NFL doesn't care about us. Get, get real dark with it. Um, but he signed a $42 million check to Jonathan Taylor, a uh, huge extension. So congrats to him and happy to see him on the field playing again. So uh, a little sneak preview of Jeff is there. <laughs> My bad. Um, Philly at Rams. Can, can we, I, I get that they lost this game. Can we start putting a little bit more respect on Sean McVay and this Rams team at this point though? Like, you know, they might not be a, a playoff or Super Bowl contender. I think they're back to being like, you know, an above average team again. Um, the Super Bowl hangover of a lifetime really caught up to them um, last season, but they're kind of, you know, they're playing against really dang good teams and they're able to compete and look like, you know, they have a shot at it. Um, they're what I'm noticing right now is they're, you know, they're struggling defensively more than they are offensively. And I know they, they had a low scoring game here, but they actually moved the ball quite a bit. Um, I'm just curious what your take is on, on Sean McVay's status as a head coach and, you know, where he feels like maybe, you know, we can guide this Rams team this season, but, you know, in the coming seasons too, if Stafford sticks around. Yeah, I think Sean McVay is a genius and has been a genius. I think he's an offensive mastermind. Um, he sees the game different than most guys. I mean, you don't become a head coach in the NFL at, I think he was in his early 30s by accident. Uh, he's he's one of the few geniuses out there that are truly remarkable. He's got a guy like Matthew Stafford who, who he clearly connects well with. Um, you add a guy like Cooper Cup who connects well with not only McVeigh but Stafford as well. You add a young guy like Puka Nakua who's learning from Cooper Cup, who's learning from Matthew Stafford, who's learning from McVeigh. And you have a team that is no longer that Super Bowl team where these expectations are crazy high. You don't have big egos like Jalen Ramsey still on the team and all these superstar players. You just have guys who are going to go out there and grind out games and they're going to try to win. Uh, understanding that they don't have the best roster in football, understanding that they're probably the underdog in most games they play. And I think they've embraced that. And that's kind of what Matthew Stafford had to deal with his entire career. And he won a lot of games that he probably shouldn't have. He lost a lot of games too, but he won a lot of games he probably shouldn't have because he was always up against it. And the team kind of buys into that same thing. I think McVay bought into that as well. He's not used to being the underdog because he's had so much success early in his career. But this year it's a different story. I think they've embraced it. And like you said, I mean, they're 
they're staying close with very good football teams and they've won more games already than most people think uh, that they were going to. So and you talk about teams that are either noticeably bad at this point in the season at that five game mark teams that are really, really good. The Rams were, I expected to be one of those bottom tier teams and they're right there in the middle. They're right there in the middle. You have to give them their credit. They've definitely overachieved. Um, the question is, do they go up or down from here? Because it, it's kind of a slippery slope. They could easily get worse. And I think they could easily increase and continue to compete and get better. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, a lot of these teams that are kind of in that middle era, like that, you kind of know what they are right by end of October, early November. And um, so, you know, I, I'm not sure what the Rams next stretches. I can look that up real quick. Um, should have probably been doing that while you were talking. Um, but, you know, I, I think they, they have a lot of winnable games because they had, you know, such a horrible season last season that their schedule isn't too tough. I mean, they have they have Cardinals, Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks, Cardinals again. So, I mean, you go three and three down that stretch. I mean, that that would honestly be pretty good. Um, and you, you might have the option or opportunity to do better. So, all right. Bengals are finally returning to form a little bit. Um, again, some of these teams, man, they just history continues to repeat itself. Uh, this team, every season that we've watched them has started a little sh uh, shaky. Everybody's asking questions on, you know, are there playoffs? So, Playoff hope still alive at all, you know, early in the season, starting as rough as you do. Can you really bounce back from that? Um, and while the Cardinals, you know, aren't a great team, as you kind of said, to win in decided faction, fashion is is really good. And not only that, but, um, you know, the passing game felt like it was back. You know, the, the special Burrow-Chase connection felt like it was back. Uh, Burrow actually had some time to throw in the pocket. Um so, you know, a lot of positives. Um, I still think it, you know, the, the Bengals have a lot of climbing to do in order to kind of get out of the the hole that they dug themselves in. But um, one of those games where you just, you have to win it if you want to keep your playoff hopes uh, alive right now, especially in a very competitive division. What did I say, John, last week when that's, when Joe Burrow's back's against the wall, he's not one to fold, right? Like that he's Joe cool for a reason. He, he, this is what he's been doing. They've started slow. He never panics right when everyone wants to write him off. I said, I threw my best bets and I said, this is an absolute must win game. And in must win games, he rises to the occasion and he brings the guys with him up, right? Instead of a lot of guys choke under pressure, he brings everybody up. Okay. Pressure makes diamonds and he is a goddamn diamond. Okay. Um, he was making incredible throws. He looked like his former self. He, the injury did not look like it was holding him back. He was getting the ball downfield like he needs to. Jamar Chase had a freak day. He tweeted a picture of 7-11 after the game. He's always open. Um, I mean, they have their swagger back. They have some momentum back. And like you said, the Steelers are atop the division right now, and everyone's kind of beat each other. The Bengals are right there in last place, but they're very, very, very close to, you know, one, one division win. And all of a sudden they're jumping right up there in first place. They are, they are not out of it. They are far from it. Um, and just as everybody forgets about them, they do this every year. It seems like every year, and they're going to end up right up, right at the top competing for that division, winning playoff games. Like this is who they are. This is who they want to be. Um, and this was a get back game and they did it. They did exactly that. They got back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and I, I'm excited to see, you know, where the rest of their season potentially goes. Cause as you said, I, Joe Burrow is not going to be one to call it quits in October. Like that's just not who he is. Um, Casey at Vikings. Um, 
Vikings are officially in, in tank for Caleb Williams watch, I think at this point, um, and potentially trading away some of their larger assets. Um, honestly, like Justin Jefferson, I don't know. I don't, this injury feels weird, right? The talker on this injury feels like he doesn't really care to come back and play for a team that is this far gone. Um, so I, I'm curious what your take is on it, Mark. But I, I think, I can see I the think that's a lot of speculation. I mean, he you watch the clip. Def, I mean, I've had that injury a few times, the hamstring injury. It sucks. Uh, it lingers. It's a very hard one to return from. Cooper Cup had the same injury, and he tried to come back too soon and retweaked it, which is why he missed even more time this year. Um, he overextended that leg, and that's exactly what happens. And you can see he pulls up right away. Jeff Jefferson's a great uh, competitor. I don't think he's going to choose to sit out of games if he can play. He's going to try to get back. But the Vikings are absolutely in danger. And like you said, John, I mean, you know, you look at this at this graphic. All those close games last year, they were able to get the edge on, on in those games and win most of those games. And this year, they're in close games again. They haven't been blown out, um, but. They're not winning these close games. They're not putting it together at the end of games. Kirk Cousins is not looking the same as he did last year at the end of games. That clutch factor that he had, um, the big plays that he had to Jefferson, those aren't happening, right? And I think, I think we kind we kind of talked about this when I said Justin Jefferson. I don't think is going to be you know the top receiver in football this year. I think that he's going to see different coverages. Teams are going to start to figure him out. It's very rare that receivers and quarterbacks can just dominate an era of football without defenses starting to adjust. Cause once you've shown all that you, all your tricks on film, that's all teams are trying to do is prepare for you. So if other guys don't step up, which this year, no one else is stepping up, you know, the Vikings haven't scored a rushing touchdown this year. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. They haven't scored a rushing touchdown. So you want to talk about the problems. I don't think it's necessarily Kirk. I don't think it's Justin Jefferson. It's the fact that you're missing the pieces around you that helped you get over the edge last year in close games. And you're just not doing that this year. I don't think the Vikings are a bad team. I think they're, they're one of those good teams that have lost all their close games. And I didn't think that they were a bad or good team last year. I thought they were just, you know, winning. they were just a good <laughs> end of game team, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I do want to retort, um, you know, the, the situation about, look, don't be wrong. Situation, situationally speaking, I do think the refs had some very questionable calls go Casey's way, but like we also need to, you know, give credit where it's due in the sense that the Chiefs actually do climb up the the, the penalty issues uh, quite a bit as well. Um, they got penalized almost twice as much that night as the Vikings did. So to act like they weren't also hurt or affected by penalties um, isn't accurate. I would say you had a lot more you know, ground to stand on against the Jets um, the other week. I don't know. I think this is just the Vikings being the Vikings. Um, and obviously they had a couple calls not go their way. But, you know, as Lions fans, what we've been hearing our entire lives is whenever a call that doesn't go your way decides the game, that we just need to play better. Um, and the Vikings are definitely, you know, yeah, in that in that boat as well. Um, have, have, City, have you heard about no the uh, have you heard about the Swifty um, conspiracy? No. What's the Swiss conspiracy? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, obviously, um, tweaked his ankle, non-contact injury. Did not right. look good. He goes back to the locker room. He comes out at halftime and is able to just play and, and score a, a game-clinching touchdown. People are starting to think that Taylor Swift may have been in the locker room, maybe performed a little bit of uh, some kind of ritual that may have helped heal him. What are your thoughts? 
Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's her. The guy was, I mean, it looked bad. It looked like a bad injury. It looked like he was going to miss some significant time. I, I think the out. only magic powers that Taylor Swift has is to throw money at a problem. And, you know, maybe she did that. Maybe his medical staff is, is very well funded at this point. I don't know. Um, have you looked at Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah, I have. She's. I don't want to. I don't want to make any judgments. You're gonna. You're gonna create. Of an, you're yeah, gonna create a huge. I'm gonna, I'm gonna please. Swifties the are going to come after your ass. That's what I'm saying. I'm just not even. I'm not even gonna. Um. You know. Bite on that. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I was. I was baiting John. There so was hard. so much bait. Was there is. There was bait in every Swifties. Sentence. I'm gonna drop your phone number, your Twitter handle to Swifties, and just have them come after you. Honestly, getting doxxed by my co-host might be the best thing for this podcast. I think that would make headlines in a lot of places. But um, I'm gonna request as if you haven't tried to, if you haven't, you've totally tried to get me ruined several times. Um, by saying the Lions were a bad team last season, and you still not being able to take the ACT shirt. Um, but that and several other several other things. I don't even know what you're referring to at this point. There's, I can speculate though. Because there's a list. There's a there's a long a long history of Mark and I uh, together. So there's plenty of options of uh, us mutually trying to ruin each other's lives. So at least I can I can back up that. Um, Jets Broncos. Oh favorite my god! Game the of the Broncos, week. Broncos favorite are favorite game so of the bad. week. Broncos are so bad. God, this was the this was the. This was the most satisfying uh, game that I was able to watch in a long time. That doesn't relate to like the Lions or you know anybody. No one playing that. Hey, you know, I'm... No, well, one person playing okay. Tyler, Conklin, Tyler Conklin, friend of the, friend show. Of the show, friend of the show. That had a great game. That a play was game. beastly. That he made that... several plays though. He made several plays he in the he game. He made several awesome plays. But you know which one I'm referring to? Yes. Just, uh, you know, most tight end thing that you can do catch a ball and it takes freaking five guys to tackle you. Yes. You get a bunch yes. of chunk yards after the catch. It was beautiful. Um, it, was awesome. it was great Here. to see. And th- they were playing with an edge man. And it was really cool to see the jets buy in and, and have their coaches back. I mean, a lot of, a lot of teams, you know, that there's not a lot of um, real personal connection with the coaches. You can tell that's not the, I mean, uh, give credit to Robert Sala. He made Nathaniel Hackett honorary captain this week. Uh, he gave him the game ball after the game. Um, you know, there was definitely a motive that was bigger than just a normal Sunday afternoon football game in this game. I mean, for the Broncos to pull out some of the coolest uniforms I've ever seen and still get their ass handed to them in a game where Sean Payton, you know, he set the president of what this game was going to be. He said it. He said it. Okay. He said, okay, we're going to make this game different. We're going to make this game a little bit more than a normal Sunday afternoon game. Cause I'm going to talk shit to Nathaniel Hackett, knowing damn well I play in week five and he's coming back here. And I, this is just so perfect because Sean Payton, this is exactly what I said when I went my rant when this first happened, when Sean Payton opened his dumbass mouth about Nathaniel Hackett. I said, if you're going to do this, all you're setting yourself up for is a huge, huge issue if you do not beat the Jets in week five. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers doesn't even play. He doesn't even play in the game. You have Zach Wilson come into Denver, and they still win. And they mess up. Not only do they have the coolest uniforms I've ever seen. I was going to say, it should be illegal to to lose. You can't wear those uniforms and lose like this to (laughs) a game like this. But the Jets also, right, they won this game in in, in a great fashion. But they, they choked at the end of the half and left points off the board. 
by not being able to spike the ball on time. So yep. that happened, and the Jets still didn't really have to worry and still won this game without it being incredibly And, and made a critical mistake, right, with that interception, which, I mean, that, that's more, you know, um, credit to PS2 in, than it was. In the red zone, though. Yeah. It's two but, different critical mistakes that took points off the board, and the Jets still won by 10. Yeah, and, and uh, the capitalization of that from Denver was for <laughs> – was for Russ to to sack fumble six it. Um, I can't think of anything less clutch clutch than that. Uh, Denver, you guys are traded a shit ton of picks away and, and paid him a massive contract to be so clutch that he he fumbles the ball for a for a touchdown, a scoop and score uh, to end the John, game. John, my take here on this on this game, and this is like my final take. And this is two weeks ago. This is coming from the guy two weeks ago who put the Broncos in their best bet and they lost by seventy. Um, <laughs> The Denver Broncos are in the worst position of any franchise in sports. They are they are they are in a fat contract with a coach who clearly uh, was not the reason the Saints had success. Okay, way more of that goes to Drew Brees. That's clear. Okay, you're in a terrible contract and you trade away a shit ton of picks for Russell Wilson who stinks, and you can't get rid of him either. So you have the leader of your team and then the leader of your team as a player both stuck there in this shitty culture. And by the way, those two leaders don't like each other and it's you're rough. stuck. It's rough. And you have no way out of it and you stink and your defense. That was what was keeping you in games every single time last year. Completely stinks. inverted on itself. I mean, you oh my stink God. in every single aspect, not only that, but you have your coach running his mouth to other teams that stink. And then they come into your house when you wear the sickest uniforms ever with a sick logo at midfield. And everybody's all hype about it. And then you get your ass beat. It's not good to be a Denver Denver Bronco right now. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. I would I would rather be the Panthers, the Bears, the Cardinals, the Patriots. I'd rather be all those teams than the Denver Broncos right now. And yeah, that because is there's fact. there's not no way out. That's the, the some no of those teams might be worse. I don't know, but they're only going to be worse this season. Well, I really don't know how you salvage what is going on in Denver right now, other than hitting the reset button on all of what you just said, which would force you to suck for another few years at a minimum. I mean, you the the Denver Broncos traded their soul away for a Super Bowl, and it has felt like that ever since. Um, it's rough. Um, all right, Mark, you were pretty hot on the Cowboys going into this game, and rightfully so. I think people, a lot of people, would say that they're one of the more explosive teams in the league. And what I'm shocked by is that. I I finally got fooled this season where the first few weeks of the season, I was like, man, the Cowboys really look like a Super Bowl team. This might actually be the time that the Cowboys live up to the hype. And they go up against what I think is the NFC Super Bowl contender, the, the team to beat on the this side of the NFL. And they get absolutely embarrassed. They This game wasn't even close from the start. They were completely manhandled. And again, all three phases of the game, they looked like the Lions playing the Panthers, except the Cow Cowboys are supposed to be a top three, four team in the NFC. I was shocked at the result of this game. And I am on the San Francisco hype train as much as anybody else's. I think they are the best team in the league. And even then, I was not expecting anything close to this result. It was crazy. This is more, uh, I think this is more about how good the 49ers are than how bad the Cowboys are. I think that uh, 
obviously these two teams don't like each other and this is a rivalry game every single time they meet, but I mean, I'll be honest. I, I just think the 49ers are that much better. I don't think the Cowboys are a bad team. I think the Cowboys are still a very good team in the NFC. Um, I just think the 49ers are that good. I really do. I don't see anybody beating them anytime soon. Brock Purdy deserves to be in the MVP conversation. Um, George Kittle pulling out the F Dallas shirt was awesome. Um, I don't know if you saw that, John. Yes, I did. So listen, the, the 49ers are just the best ran team defensively, offensively. They don't skip a beat. They lose to Mika Ryans. They don't skip a beat. Okay. They just reload. You have Brock Purdy playing quarterback who nobody thought, I mean, he's literally Mr. Irrelevant and he's playing like an MVP in his second season. He has not lost a regular season football game. He has not lost a game yet in which he doesn't get injured. It's, I mean, he got injured in the first quarter driving against the Eagles. Again, God knows what would have happened had that not happened. So this guy literally doesn't lose football games if he finishes the game. So, I mean, until he does lose, I, I, there was, this was dumb of me especially to put them in my best bets. I totally fell in the trap that John, you mentioned uh, Dallas got me suckered into it. Uh, I'm not going to be picking against the 49ers until they lose. Yeah. I, and I truly think like, you know, it's very, very rare in the NFL where there's a team where you're like, man, can this team actually go unbeaten this season? And barring injuries, I mean, they have no weaknesses on either side of the ball. And that is not it's an exaggeration. Scary. It is not it's scary. It um, is, it's scary. They have a perfect situation. Yeah, I it's it's ridiculous. I'm like and honestly, it's like one of those situations where like you just like it's special that you get to watch this team be as good as they are. It is fun football to watch because it is it is just that much head and shoulders above every other team in the league as of this point that might change 10 weeks from now. I don't know what it's going to look like at the end of the season. Right now, the 49ers are a Super Bowl favorite and it's, I don't think any team looks even close to as dominant as they do at this point in time. Um, and I go from really good football and football. That's just amazing to, to watch. Um, man, that green Bay Raiders game was rough. It was one of those games where it felt like, both teams were beating themselves and it was just who beat themselves more rather than uh, who actually beat the other team. Um, I don't understand how Josh McDaniels has a job, frankly. Uh, I think, I think Matt LaFleur honestly made some foolish decisions, like putting an edge rusher on coverage against Devante at one point in the game. Um, Not a good look either. This was a rough game to sit through, and I feel bad because Jordan Love started really strong for the first three weeks, but I think that this team's losing the plot a little bit because this Raiders team is one that they should have beat um, uh, probably decisively um, considering you know uh, what the Packers have going for them at, at this point in time. Uh, t- tough, tough game to sit through. So that's tough, my take on it. <laughs> the yeah, loser of this game was America, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um Tough game to watch. You know, Devontae Adams needs to get more targets. They need to get him more involved. It's the only hope that Vegas has. Um, you know, they won this game. Josh McDaniels on, you know, shout out to him for being another idiot of the week. Um, besides, obviously, Mario Cristobal. Uh, fourth and one, they're up. I believe they were up four, and they decide to kick a 53-yard field goal, which they missed, giving the Packers a chance to drive down and score to win the game. Uh, that didn't make much sense to me. 
I don't know why you don't just go and get the first down and pretty much seal the game. Um, you know, the Packers, I don't think are very good, John. I just really think it's that simple. They've another team like the Patriots have been spoiled for many, many years, always competing, always atop the division. And they aren't this year. They're just not very good. Um, they're young as they're really, really young. Um, they have some, some good young players, but it's tough to win with just good young players. You need some veteran guys and they just, they don't really have that. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, and th this is just a crazy, you know, way to kind of talk about the state of the NFC North. This team would be one and four, uh, had they had not, um, you know, essentially been gifted a, a Derek Carr injury that allowed them to have a, a very impressive comeback against the saints. Had that game not occurred, the other, all three teams except the Lions in the NFC North would be one and four right now. Um, doesn't make you feel super good about your prospects if you're the Vikings, the Bears, or the Packers. Because um, again, I don't know how you're catching up to the Lions at this point. Um, I, look, there's at least I think Lafleur is legitimately a good coach, um, but he clearly has been coddled by the fact that he's had a Hall of Famer at quarterback. Um, that is very confident in how he likes his offense to look um, for the past few years. And there's going to be some growing pains with him and Jordan Love um, for the next probably year or two, because that is an entirely different beast of its own to coach up a young quarterback, uh, just kind of getting acclimated to the NFL with a bunch of, as you said, Mark, very young uh, weapons around him as well. So um, not all hope is lost in Green Bay. Definitely wouldn't venture as far to say the worst team in the league, um, which that's the next conversation we're going to have, Mark, is who is the worst team in the league? I mean, we did our power rankings last week, and I think those have even maybe shifted a bit week over week, but we're not going to do we're, – we're quarterly power rankings here. We don't need to do them weekly. Um, but if you had to pick one team that is the worst, hands down, who is that at this point in time? I mean, I kind of already hinted. I, it's the Denver Broncos to me. I think the Denver Broncos are, um, you know, not only are they in the worst situation of any team, I, I think I know they just beat the Bears. Okay, I get that. Um, but if they played again this week, I think the Bears win that game. Like, I think right now, as it stands, the Broncos uh, have the least to play for. They have the most issues going on, and it's affecting them. And they're just overall – not a very good team. They're the worst defense in the league. Um, they have a terrible quarterback. Their head coach doesn't connect with these players. It's if you wear uniforms like that and you can't even keep a game close with Zach Wilson and the Jets, I'm sorry, but you're the worst team in football. In a yeah. home game, by the way. In a home game. I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I would say maybe Carolina. Um, but again, Carolina has a future to look forward to. And I don't I don't know if there's any way out for Denver for the next couple of years. Um, they, they literally dug their own grave and now they have to lay in it. So I, I think I'm going to agree with you that as of this moment, I think the Denver Broncos are the worst, worst team in the NFL. Um, sorry. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not us. We definitely didn't see this coming. Um, moving on to next week. So is there rhyme or reason to like bye weeks or is it just kind of like where they can fit them in the schedule? Because I was surprised to see that there's only two teams on by this week, but there were four on by last week. I thought it kind of like builds up. It's like a there's you know, three on there's three on by, isn't there? Or no, no, there's two. No, 
that's not how even numbers in a 32 team league works. And it just threw me off because you put Jefferson down there on the graphic, and then shout I out, realized it's because because he's injured. I get it. Um, yeah, no, you're you're right. right. I, I don't know. I think it's just random though, John. To be honest yeah. with you. To continue, our Broncos are bad at football narrative. Uh, we get the treat of watching them on Thursday night football uh, this week, and they are going up against. Uh, previous Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, with a 10.5-point spread. Mark. Yeah, yeah I'm going to take the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, Mahomes has never lost to the Broncos, and it won't happen on Thursday night primetime football on Amazon. It won't happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I haven't seen enough offensive efficiency to want to put them in my best bets, but how bad the Broncos defense is kind of is making me consider it. So I'm going to ponder that as we continue to take our picks here. I might backtrack to, to add that one in, but I'm going to think about it. Um, Ravens at Titans in England. Um, Ravens are four and a half point favorite. I like I like Titans getting four and a half. Both of them traveling to London. Both defensive teams. Yeah, I like it. I, I'm, I'm going to add this one to my best bets, I think. I like it. I just don't like it as much as you. I, I can't add it to my best bets, but I do really like the Titans. Uh, Mike Vrabel has they, – they dialed up some tough looks for Lamar Jackson the last few years. They've had his number. Um, and when they've played, the Titans have definitely made his life hell. I think that they do it again. I think there's some issues, obviously, with drops on the back end, the trust issues there. And, you know, that was against a good Steelers defense, and there was guys open. So what's going to happen when they play against the Titans defense that is confusing Lamar and throwing him different looks? And, you know, you combine that with the drop issues, I think the Titans are slightly better overall than the Steelers anyway. I, I really like the Titans with those points, but I can't put in my best bets. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing, though, that's worth considering, Baltimore is 3-0 across the pond, so that's minus one. But also, this is the year that they've had some streaks snapped, right? They were uh, the preseason champs, undisputed, for many years in a row, and uh, the commander spoiled that streak. So I'm, I'm going to roll with it, and if they lose, they lose. San Fran at the Browns, only giving five and a half points. That, that kind of surprised me. I know the Browns defense is absolutely no joke, but after what they just did to the Cowboys, man, I, I got to go San Fran um, giving five and a half here. I think they win by more than a touchdown. Yeah, it's fishy, right? It's fishy. Um, you wonder why it's not higher. Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to play. I think he's coming back. Um, I I'm putting it. I'm, I gotta. I gotta do it. 49ers are my best bets. I think I'm gonna hop um, in that with you. Um, I, I after what I saw this week. Now I am worried about a little cool down game. I am worried about a little bit of a, uh, you know, slump after such a emotional, exciting win against the Cowboys, who they hate. That this could kind of be a trap game, but the 49ers are good enough to overcome a trap game. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I like they could come out sluggish and still win by you know, 15 scores. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the thing is, is yes, is the, the Browns defense, no joke, 100%, but the 49ers have 
so many offensive weapons that you can. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not, McCaffrey, it's not a weakness. McCaffrey comes out a little bit slow, and Debo right. has the day of his life, or Kittle right. has the day of his life, or Juszczyk has the day of his life, or Ayuk, yeah. you know, or the defense, right? I mean, Deshaun Watson, this is a tough look for him. Um, you know, it's a tough defense to go against. Yeah, it's um, I, and uh, yeah, I was about to say like I I think worst case scenario the offense comes out sluggish and the the Fort Niners defense can still dominate. So, um, and I don't I don't think they match up well either, right? Like I, I think the Forty Niners defense has a very strong advantage in the way that they play versus what the Browns because they can offense. stop the run and yeah. you know we'll see if the Browns can do enough in the pass game, right? Carolina. At Miami, um, Miami is 14 point, 13 and a half point favorites, excuse me. Um, so they got to win by two touchdowns. And I'm still compelled to put that in my best bets because of what the Lions just did to Carolina. I mean, that is that is a well, don't get it twisted, John. Game. The Lions are a better team than Miami. I think the Lions could beat Miami. Um, they'd have to hang in there uh, defensively, but I think offensively we can score just as many points as they can. Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm gonna leave this off of my best bets, but I do like Miami to cover here. I'm also gonna do that, but I'm gonna leave it off my best bets. Uh, Colts at Jags. Jags are four point favorites. Uh, I like Jags to cover. Um, they kind of gotta win this game. I mean, divisional game. Colts are not a horrible team. Uh, Gardner Minshew's back at the helm there for a, the next few weeks. Like, this is an important game for the Jags to win. Yeah, I think the Jags cover. I can't put it in my best bets because it's a revenge game. So, Gardner Minshew, former Jag. Mm. Okay. Noted. Can't do it, right? I, you know, I could see the Colts winning because of that, but I will pick the Jags. Vikings at the Bears certified tank bowl. Um, Vikings are two and a half point favorites. I like the Bears getting two and a half at home. Got a little bit of confidence. Vikings are in shambles right now. Um, yeah, I, li- I like I like the Bears to cover. Not getting added to my best bets, but I like them to cover. I like the Bears to cover as well. Um Justin Fields, eight touchdowns in the last two games. You know, that's a hell of a Going up against a bad defense. Going up against a bad defense. Going up against a team that just lost their best player. Um, Yeah, I I like the Bears in this game. I don't love the Bears, though, so I can't can't put it. Can't put it. You don't go 16-9 and by putting games in there that you don't love. Yep, that's true. I got some catching up to do. It's, It's annoying to have a positive record. And and this and still you are you are head and heels above. Um, all right. Seahawks at Bengals. Hmm. Tricky one. These are both two good teams. Two teams that you know kind of have a fire under their ass to win some games, especially Joe Burrow and the boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Bengals here. Um, I, I think you know. Again, kind of one of those games you got to keep. They're in a you got to win every game for the next few weeks, basically. So um, we'll see what happens. Your jersey mics just come in. No, Twan's Twan's leaving, going back to school. He came in. He said one thing. He said Bengals. So he said he said pick the Bengals. Um, 
I think I'm gonna take Cincinnati. I'm not gonna put my best bets, but I, I think that the that they've started to turn the corner and this is a step in the right. They beat a bad team. That's a, that's called a get back game. And now they play a good team. And this is we've truly gotten back, right? You have to beat a good team to truly be considered a threat. This is their opportunity to do so. And I think they do get this done at home. I like it. Um, Saints at Houston. Saints are a very small favorite. Um, I, first of all, my cat needs to shut up. I thought I killed her and she's just back <laughs> from the dead. Here to Dude, it. do you hear that? You're telling me that you're telling me a ghost cat is haunting right now. Ghost cat right now is screaming on the other side of the door. Cause she's hungry. Um, That's anyways, I thought I killed Twan. He just walked in. Right. So yeah, our, our ghosts are coming back to haunt us. Um, I'm not fooled yet with the Saints offensive productivity. I just think the Patriots might actually be dead. So I'm gonna hold off um on another week of you know potentially adding them into any best bets, but I do like them to cover here. I, th- I think they'll win this game. I'm gonna take the Texans um at home. I like CJ Stroud. I don't think the Saints are very good. And I think that last week was kind of a fluke just against a really, really bad team. So I'm going to take the Texans. I'm not going to put my best bets, though. I don't love the sports so far. We'll see if it yeah. changes if we get to the back half of it. But so far, it's some tough lines. Commanders at Falcons. Falcons are a 2.5 point favorite. I don't like this one because I feel like the Commanders got something to prove um, after that loss. Very embarrassing loss to the Bears. Um, so I'm not going to touch this one, but I also like the Falcons to to win and to cover. Hmm. I actually like the Commanders here, um, mostly because I think the Commanders will play pretty tough defense against this Atlanta team, and I still like what I'm seeing out of Sam Howell. Believe believe that or not, I mean it's crazy to it's crazy to see, but um, I'm a, I like the Commanders. I, I dig it. I dig the pick. Um, while I disagree with you, this is a really tough one. And I, I do think, man, I don't think they're playing bad football. They're just, I think, still kind of getting in a rhythm with things. Um, Eagles at Jets with a seven-point favorite. Um, hmm. This one's tough, man, because, like, Jets got to keep winning. There's a fire under their ass. Eagles are undefeated. and But the Jets play really, really good defense. Um, and I think they match up well against the Eagles, frankly, at least defensively. Uh, I'm going to pick the Jets to cover here. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the under. Taking the under. I like it. I'm going to take the under. I think it's a good defensive game. Best bet, you're um, saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't love taking unders. You know, they're not fun to root for. But I. I think the Eagles' offense, you know, doesn't match up very well against the Jets' defense, and I think Zach Wilson doesn't match up incredibly well against this Eagles' defense, and therefore, there's going to be some horrible mistakes that maybe lead to some quick points. But I don't think either offense does enough consistently to get to that number lions at tampa but who do you think is going to win the game though for the, the jets oh i think that i think the jets cover but okay. i think the eagles win 
Got it. Um, Lions at Tampa. Uh, Lions are a three-point favorite. Um, this one's tough too, man, because Tampa's not a bad team. They're playing good football. It's at their home turf. Again, don't love this board as of right now. Um, I like Lions to win. I like Lions to cover. Not going to add them to my best bets. Um, I'm going to add the Lions to my best bet. Yes, sir. A lot of distractions going on in Tampa right now. Baker Mayfield at college game day for the Red River rivalry last week. Um, you know, they had their, their bye week or whatever coming off the bye. They've had some extra time to prepare, but sometimes teams come out of that bye week a little slow. And I think the Lions are going to come and hit him in the mouth. So, yeah. Another thing to mention too with the Lions is that they have been playing very well in away games, uh, really since the second half of last season. So, um, while you want to respect a home field advantage um, in most circumstances, the Lions seem to not give a shit about that whatsoever. Oh, shit. I forgot, though, John. What? The Bucks are wearing their creamsicle uniforms. Oh, if <laughs> you oh, want to take God. that back. Oh, my God. I have to, like, consider this. Give me 10 seconds to think about this. I got to, like, imagine it in my head because those are some of those, those might top the Broncos with the coolest uniforms so far this year. Actually, they will top them. Also, I decided I'm adding Casey to my best bets because things are looking light and I was thinking about it and we don't like the rest of this board. So I'm I'm going back and doing that because I like I like Casey to win by more than two touchdowns. I'm going to keep the Lions. I'm going to keep them, but it's like kind of like betting against Dick Puck is dying. You know, it's like, what am I doing? But also, like, I really do think the Lions win this game. And I, w- I think they win it by more than three, but the creamsicle uniforms, dude, it's such a cheat code. Also, th- this is probably going to be the best uniform matchup of the, the week as well. This might be the- one of the best of all time. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the Lions Honolulu Blue is going to go really well with that orange creamsicle. Like, they're going to contrast very nice. Um, oh, that's my God, gonna- yeah. Oh, my God. That- I cannot wait for that game just on that premise alone. I might watch with the volume off and just, like, vibe out. <laughs> not even watch it like i don't even want to hear what's going on I, like, I just you just want to see the, the colors, colors. Yeah. yeah um pats at raiders um revenge student game. versus master revenge game both these teams suck uh you will not catch me watching this game so if i sound like i am making stuff up when we are recapping it next week it's because i didn't watch it because it's a horrible game at least john's honest john what happened last year when the raiders played the patriots in vegas and i told you revenge game and chandler jones uh stiff armed mac jones and actually buried him maybe that's why mac jones is so bad this year yeah (laughs) yeah you remember that so that same theory applies to this year uh although there's no chandler jones there's still mcdaniels who clearly wants to outsmart the guy that he coached under for many, many years. Prayers up Jimmy, Chandler Jones. You have Jimmy G, okay, who do you remember Jimmy G was shipped off by Belichick? Okay. Didn't want to he didn't want to keep him round to back Brady up when Brady was done. Raiders are winning this game and covering. Raiders Raiders win this game and cover. Patriots stink. Max Crosby eats Mac Jones alive. Um he might eat him just like he's like a Big Mac. I mean, literally, because he kind of is a Big Mac. Mac Jones isn't a skinny guy, kind of fat, kind of a loser. Uh, give me the Raiders. <laughs> give me him in my best bets. Um, Mac Jones blows. Bailey Zappi should start this game. Doesn't make a difference, though. The Raiders win. I like it. I, I like that entire spiel. Um, 
Cards at Rams. Rams are a seven-point favorite. That's kind of shocking. Um, I mean, I let I like Rams to cover here, but man, that's that's a generous amount of points. I feel like based off of how both of these teams have been playing this season. But I like the Rams. I like the, I like the Rams to uh, to cover as well, just because of the matchup here. But I'll tell you what, the Cardinals have come a long way from you calling them the Angry Birds. I will tell you that much. They did. They didn't like that. No, I would love to make like them that. an Angry Bird logo right now, but I, I can't. You can't. You can't do it yet. Nope. Um. All right. So not not adding to best bets though. No. Nope. Confirming. Okay. Uh, Giants at Bills, and Bills are unsurprisingly in this case a fourteen point favorite. Yeah. I'm inclined to take that just because the Giants have let up a significant. I mean. Can probably backtrack here. Daniel Jones is out. Daniel Jones is out. So it's so they let up two touchdowns here. They let up more than two touchdowns there. They let up more than two touchdowns there. They have had one game all season in which they let up less than fourteen points. So me. I'm going to add that to my best bets. I like it. I can't do 14 points, my best bets, even though I will take the bills to, uh, to cover uh, the giants stink, but I think they might actually be better without Daniel Jones. They might be um, sometimes you, you sometimes get a little bit scared about that second string quarterback who, who is for the giants, by the way, Tyrod Taylor. Is it still giants quarterback roster? I'm seeing, dude, Giants website. Why do you not have this listed by position? That is making it very hard for I'm pretty me. Pretty sure it's Tyrod Taylor. It's Tyrod Taylor. Yep, he's still on the roster. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that we didn't know that gives you everything you need to know why John's putting in his best bets. Um, I do think he's probably better than Daniel Jones, though. So. He might. He might have a better game than Daniel Jones for sure. But hey, if you're throwing to nobody and your offensive line can't block for you, that doesn't change the situation. The Bills' defense is also dropping like flies. They are injury ridden. Yeah. So, um, not, you're making me think twice you're... about it. But I, I don't want to sway you. I just am telling you why I'm not putting in my best bets. 14 is sure. a lot. It's, it's a ton. It's a ton. But the the Giants have been able. To do that once the entire season does not not get blown out. So and the Bills are a good team, and the Bills are a good team. I guess it's just deciding on what side of the bed Josh Allen wakes up on that day. Um, by the way, we didn't really cover this too much, but like, are him and Diggs good? Yes, they had a whole yes. other like angry they're, married. They're couple. just he's just an emotional guy. Diggs is just a drama queen. They're fine. He needs Josh Allen. They're fine. All right. Um, Cowboys at Chargers Monday Night Football. Cowboys are a two-point favorite. Home underdog Chargers. Justin Herbert. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Dallas pissed off though. Dak pissed off. Yeah, after getting completely embarrassed. But Chargers I... kind of a must-win game situation still um kind of but also revenge game for kellen moore oh you know 
There's a lot yeah. of interesting factors in this game. I am going to take the Chargers to cover, but I'm not going to put in my best bets. I'm really thinking about adding them to the best bets right now just because. Because you hate the Cowboys so much. I hate the Cowboys. Uh, I definitely respect them less after last week. Kel, you know, Kellen Moore being on the other side of it at Chargers. Fuck. I don't know. I'll leave it off, but I'm, I might be kicking myself for that. You know what? You know what I'll do? This is, this is what I'll do. I'll take the over. There we go. That works. I at least feel like I'm doing something. <laughs> you got to get it. You got to catch me somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's just exactly like I, I, I need to somehow, some way. So, all right, everybody, that was week six in a nutshell. Mark week and I six prediction right there. Yeah. Crystal and, ball, crystal ball, 16 and nine. Why would you not ride with my picks? Why would you not? I, I sweat. I sweat on this board a little bit harder than last week. That's for sure. So, yeah, I don't love this board as much, but listen, I love the picks that we made. I don't love all the picks John made, but I like some of them. I love the picks that I made. 16 and 9. He's 11 and 10. Those are both winning records. Why would you not ride with two winners? Guys that clearly know ball. I mean, it comes back to that. Like, use your brain or don't use your brain and use our brain. We know ball. I'll take it. And I will leave everybody with that. Um, have a good night. And we will catch you guys next week. And by the way, a lot of short form, medium form content going on. So if sitting through, you know, an hour and a half of, you know, two dudes uh, going back and forth about, you know, who has the the better football takes isn't, you know, your thing. Um, we have a bunch of other videos that you guys can watch. They're a little bit more bite-sized, varying levels of bite size. So make sure to check those out. Check out our merch store if you haven't before. Comment, subscribe, like uh all that good stuff we have a discord if you want to you know tell us why we're stupid um privately instead of publicly up to you um always an option a lot of different ways that you can uh, watch our content and a lot of different ways that you can insult us for the takes so it's perfect uh match made in heaven we make it as easy as possible for you guys so uh we appreciate it and we will catch you next week peace see you guys